0: same questions we had to a- ask of Rand Carthon tonight because they weren't fair of us to ask him because they were questions that should have been asked to the person that made the decision, and Rand was not that person. The person was Amy. Welcome into the Hot Read podcast for Wednesday, Wednesday, January 10th. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. You can follow me on social media at Easton Freeze. I'm joined on this very innocuous and normal Tuesday by a producer, JT. You can follow us on social media at JT underscore Runke. JT, I'm already tripping over my own words. Uh, it's been, I've gone 100 miles an hour all day this is going to be a show.
1: How are you? It, yeah. Like you said, I'm great. Normal Tuesday, right? You know, just back Super in the normal. swing of things. Um, no, why are we still here? Like this is this, <laughs> <laughs> I said that time was a flat circle, but time... I'm was totally wrong. did we say circle... the show would
0: be at four today? Why is it 730? Yeah, I, I don't, Central I, don't, standard I, don't time. I
1: don't know. Well, either way, maybe something happened, but I, I think both of you and I both agreed that this show as, as I put the title is going to be descending into madness. And I think that's right. exactly what, what, what we're about to talk to uh, and about for the, next I've opened hour, the show with hour hour a
0: smile a on my face on purpose, because I know, like you said, <sighs> it, I, this show is going to hopefully be a slow descent into madness, might be a rapid descent into madness. We will see. We're talking all things, Mike Vrabel and Amy Adams trunk and ran Carthon and the, well frankly the shit show that went on today uh usually we're a very friendly family friendly show but i don't know how else to refer to what happened today uh already in the chat asking where were you when vrabel was killed i was at the gym uh the, the last two major things the titans have done trading kevin byard and and <coughs> hiring mike vrabel i was at the gym for both which is a real buzzkill when you're in the middle of like trying to get a pump in and suddenly like i have to do my job um but that's what happened. And since uh, just before 12 noon Central Time today, that's what we've been doing. Had a press conference with, with Rand Carthon. I've heard a lot of things reported both locally and nationally. And it has been a full blown circus for the Titans today. We're going to dive into all of it. Um, real quick, a couple of things. First of all, if you're with us live and a ton of you are super appreciative of you guys being here and being active in the comments. We would love if you're watching on Twitter or on Facebook, go over to Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page. That's Broadway Sports Media on YouTube. Find this live stream, and that is where you can be a part of the conversation by leaving your comments, questions, queries, thoughts in the comment section of that live stream video and join the countless uh, commenters already here with us who we appreciate being here. We are brought to you today as we always are by Boom Boss Craft Pizza and Tap House, a wonderful pizza establishment and sports bar that I'm going to tell you about a little bit later in today's episode because I don't want to keep you waiting at all. We have so much ground to cover today and I have so many facts to lay out for you, things that we heard that I want to share with you and thoughts that I have that I want to lay out for us on today's program. Um... One quick thing before we do dive into, and we're going to do this kind of out of order. I want to start with, we're going to lay basic groundwork for those of you that have been living under a rock for the last six hours or you're getting off of work and this is the (laughs) first you've really had a chance to dive into somebody explaining what happened. I'm going to very quickly explain the groundwork of what happened today. Then we're going to go a little time jump to the Rand Carthon press conference. Going to dive into all of that because that's what I primarily want to talk about tonight. Uh, Many of you, I think, have already heard Various radio shows and podcasts in town already covering the basic groundwork of the decision to fire Mike Vrabel and what that means. We're going to get to that after we cover Rand Carthons. So we're going to start on the basics of Vrabel's firing, the Rand Carthon press conference, and what Amy Adams Strunk set him up to have to do this evening, which I think is pretty crappy. Um, and then we're going to get back to what I think about the, the basics of choosing to fire Mike Vrabel and what that means for this team and look at very briefly what that might mean for them going forward. I know a ton of you have questions and you've got them all in the chat already. JT is going to do his very best to keep an eye on those, highlight the ones that are most important and or really today, the ones that go with the flow of today's show. Because again, the rundown for today, the things that I that I need to get out there for you is so long. We just aren't going to have a ton of time to dive into specific questions. But on Thursday's episode, just 24, just kidding, 48 hours from now, um, we're going to I think do a really big Q and a section of the show. So uh, tune back in with us. Then if you have specific questions that don't get answered in today's episode, many of them will be just naturally. Um, but if you have more questions, we really want to talk to you and just go back and forth with those, those of you in the audience <coughs> on that Thursday show. So save those for then if they don't get answered today. Okay. A very basic groundwork JT. And I'm just going to fly through this of what happened today with the Titans, Amy, Adam Strunk and Mike Vrabel. It was reported just before noon today that the Titans had fired six-year head coach Mike Vrabel. My initial reaction to this was disbelief. This uh, this was pure insanity. It is a panic move by Amy Adams Strunk. I I said and have been saying on the show for a long time that there was no way that they were going to fire him that if he was no longer the coach of the Tennessee Titans after this year that it was going to be because he was traded to another team. Because frankly I didn't think that they would do something possibly so foolish. Um, Apparently, I guess I had too much belief in the leadership not to mess this up so badly. Unless there is a dramatic story from behind the scenes that we aren't privy to, that I think that there are some things we're never going to hear about that really led to this decision beyond just dissatisfaction with the football product on the field. I really think there's more to it than that. Unless there are those things, which I think that there are, but we may never know there's really no way to paint this in a positive light. It's a really really ugly look. The Titans have thrown away a wildly valuable asset, I think. And for what? Right? Like they 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 didn't get anything in return for a guy that I'm pretty positive is going to be pursued very heavily in the coming days and weeks and get a coaching job immediately, maybe of his choice. Um, that's an asset that was worth something. Absolutely. We got some reporting from Diana Rossini who, uh, may just be the, the, the next greatest national insider for the new England Patriots, because we have all known forever that her, her main source was, uh, Mike Vrabel. And now I'm not sure how she may be real quiet on the Tennessee Titans going forward. Folks. I really don't know. She reported today. Um, shortly after the news came out that the Titans, this is a quote, the Titans believed trading Vrabel was too complicated and would take too long Per sources, they wanted to move on quickly. I was told Vrabel never asked ownership for a trade or asked out of Tennessee. So that first part is is bonkers, right? The Titans believed trading Vrabel was too complicated and would take too long, which is like, that's my thought process when I think about selling something on like a Facebook buy, sell, and trade. It's like, eh, I could probably get 50 bucks out of this, but it was just going to take too much effort and it's going to, I'll just throw it away. That's essentially what the Titans did with Mike Vrabel, which is bonkers on the surface. There's some, subtext to that that we're going to dive into a little bit later and Rand Carthen explained it a little bit in his press conference, but it's that back half that is, that was crazy to me in the moment. I was told Vrabel never asked ownership for a trade or asked out of Tennessee, if that's true. And again, her source is almost certainly Mike Vrabel based on the track record here. This may be Vrabel tinted glasses that, that she is reporting through. But the idea that he never asked out, never asked for a trade, and they fired him anyway, really crazy to me, really, really crazy. Um, we only got one reaction from any kind of player today, and it's a guy that's probably going to be a former Tennessee Titan. My uh, Derek Henry spoke to D- Diana Rossini over the phone. He said, quote, wow, wow, I'm just shocked. Coach Vrabel is a leader of men. He's a great coach and teacher. I know he will get another opportunity right away. I look forward to it, end quote. Um, I think it's important for us to read the full statement from Amy Adams Strunk that was released today. And we're going to dive into some of the veiled and not so veiled shots that she takes at Mike Vrabel on the way out here in this statement that I think is her trying to be firm and justifying this decision. But boy, it's kind of ugly. So I'm going to read that entire thing to you now. Earlier today, I spoke with Mike Vrabel and told him about my, my decision to make a change at head coach. As I told Coach Vrabel, this decision was as difficult as any I've made as controlling owner. I appreciate Mike's contributions to the Tennessee Titans, both on and off the field. Anyone who has ever met him knows how passionate and genuine he is, and he's been a strong supporter of the Nashville community. We wish Mike, Jen, and the Vrabel family nothing but the best in the future. As the NFL continues to innovate and evolve, I believe the team's best positioned for sustained success will be those who empower an aligned and collaborative team across all football functions. Last year, we began a shift in our approach to football leadership and made several changes to our personnel to advance that plan. As I continue to assess the state of our team, I arrived at the conclusion that the team would also benefit from the fresh approach and perspective of a new coaching staff. I believe the Tennessee Titans can and will be a premier National Football League franchise. It's what our fans deserve, and there will be hard decisions along the way. My decision today is not only a reflection of my disappointment in our past two seasons, but also my recognition that further changes are necessary to fully achieve our vision. I will never shy away from acknowledging that I have unapologetically high expectations for the football team and every aspect of the Titans organization. Our vision is not simply to produce more wins than losses. It is to regularly compete for championships. While this season was disappointing, I see early signs of progress taking shape. Last year, we added a promising young quarterback and several other talented players to our roster. With a coaching search, enviable cap space, and top 10 draft position, this offseason is as important as any in our history. I'm excited for the weeks and months ahead. We will meet the moment, end quote. That was the full statement made by amy adams strunk today and with that jt we're going to time leap from russia <coughs> uh when that statement was released and the, the the announcement was made all the way up to the ran carthon press conference but not before i tell you about our wonderful and amazing sponsors over at boom boss craft pizza and tap house guys they've got three locations here in the middle tennessee area East Nashville is the primary location. Our home location is the Spring Hill location, just 20 to 25 minutes south of town. If you take I-65, really easy to get to. And they also have a location in Murfreesboro. So wherever you are in Middle Tennessee, you can get to a Boomba's and you will not regret it. Guys, JT and I are there each and every Thursday through to the Super Bowl. And then hopefully beyond that, we're we're working on uh, renegotiations as we speak. Uh, But we love our time at Boomba's on Thursday nights at 530 Central Standard Time talking all things well it was titans previews but now that the season is over we're talking about whatever we want and i can tell you that this thursday we're gonna be talking about more about this and the uh, the fallout that um that comes in in the next 48 hours so you'll want to check it out and we are still after the show hanging out at boom grabbing a bite grabbing a drink there are in fact still great sports going on right now uh that you can watch on any night of the week. And on Thursdays, we're watching hockey and basketball and all of these fantastic things that are up on the big screens there at Boomba's grabbing some delicious food. Their pizzas are fantastic. And their selection of international and domestic drafts on tap are really, really great, great prices, great food. Check out Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. We love being sponsored by Boomba's. And genuinely, you're going to love it if you go and check them out. Okay, before we dive into this Rand Carthun press conference, I'm going to take a moment to catch my breath. And while I do that, JT, do, do we have anything in the comment section that we simply must address before we dive into Rancharthon?
1: Um, I, I think we're gonna get all, to all of this. Um, just starring a bunch of comments right now because I think we're gonna save that for the more discussion part. We're still kind of doing show and tell right now, kind of breaking <laughs> down the day as we Fair. go, which is needed. But yeah, we're gonna do a lot of that later in the show. I personally, I, I was, I was shocked. Yeah, by give me your initial reaction morning. to this. Um, when I saw it, I said, I. Cause I got it through the fantasy life app. I saw it. Right. I, was, I was sitting at my desk and I said, no way, no way. And then I opened Twitter and of course yes it way. happened. My first reaction and, and the one that I still pretty firmly stand by is that this was malpractice by 80 Amy Adams Trunk and the Titans mm. ownership group. I still stand by that, that, this, and we'll talk a lot about Amy Adams drunk later in the show, but this gut reaction was that this was a mistake, not only just because they're letting him go. Um, but also because I still think that there was a world in which y- you are able to get substantial, uh, trade compensation for him. Right. I know uh, earlier in the week or last week I talked about, you know, with, with, not be maybe not being able to get that much value. value right um kind of changed my tune on that as we got onto the week i thought maybe that with this situation with the new england patriots like a lot of things changed and they seemed truly like they were they were really desperate for for mike rabel so they could have maybe worked something out um now he most likely will go to the new england patriots for free um and i think that this is just it's a weird timing right not to do it on Black Monday, when when a lot of these other teams oh, do it, oh yes, yeah, um, it's we're very talk about this. It's very strange to do this uh, on this day at this time, and I think just like me, you said, uh, that I'm, I'm sure that a lot of players were absolutely shocked by this. With you said, Diana Rossini talked to Derrick Henry. If you also watched the Rich Eisen show today. Uh, Taylor Lewan was on Rich Eisen's show as the news broke. So Taylor mm, Lewan oh was goodness. learning it as the show out. was going That's on. It's a great crazy. clip. Uh, um, he, he so busy, also gut, rea- gut reaction said that this is, he thinks that this is a mistake. Um, and I still think that this, you know, for, for everything we will talk about Mike Vrabel and, and the record of this team, the past two years, he's still like a- Adam Schefter today, put it he goes right into that tier one list of head coaching candidates because he is still a damn good coach. And uh, I think Tennessee is going to be missing out uh, and it might come to bite them in the butt in the next couple of years.
0: So let's talk about what the general manager of the Tennessee Titans said to us in his press conference that I was in attendance for at 4 PM today at the Titans headquarters at St. Thomas Ascension sports park. Um, It's not even Ascension. I made that part up. St. Thomas Sports Park. Uh, There was a lot that was said, and we're going to dive into all of it. We've got a number of clips that I want to highlight and discuss, break down for us. If you're listening with us live, do us a favor. Hit like, hit retweet, send the link to a buddy who you think might find this interesting. Um, And if you're watching on YouTube, which we hope that you are, hit subscribe. It's free to you, and it's very helpful to us. We're trying to get those numbers up as much as possible. So thank you to subscribing over at Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page. It's Broadway Sports Media on YouTube. First of all, I want to get the good things out of the way first about Rand Carthon um, before I delve into madness because I don't oftentimes on shows like this on days like this, you dive into all the things that were the primary the, the primary mood of the day and today's mood was very bad and dysfunctional. I don't want um, some of the good things that I think and some of the good things that Rand Carthon said in this press conference to, to fall on deaf ears and, and it sound like I'm nothing but critical of him today. A couple of, of just offhand things he mentioned in the press conference that I think are good. He indicated that the Titans injury issue, which has been going on for three years now, and um, when initially questioned, he, he pointed out that it's football. There are like 74 car crashes every single game for, for three and a half months in a row. There's going to be a lot of injuries, and I think it was Paul Kaharski who asked the question, pointed out yes, but those car crashes happen to every team and your team is injured in them more often than not. So what's the deal? And he relented and said, the Titans injury issue is something that we have to figure out, have to spend the time to figure it out. He acknowledged that it's a really big problem. And um, this has been acknowledged by Titans leadership in the past. That's not to say that them acknowledging it is going to fix it, but the fact that they're recognizing it with such strong language, is I think encouraging to fans. Another thing that he mentioned, this was a funny and random thing, it felt like in the midst of all that was going on in the big picture here. He was asked about Peter Skaronsky and not playing at left tackle this year. Um, He said that they discussed as a team, as a front office, as a coaching staff this year, potentially moving Skaronsky to left tackle, but they ultimately felt that it would be too detrimental to his development, and they were willing to consider that idea in the future he's gonna he said they're gonna think about it again which if you know me at all you know i'm like i like the idea of but at this point are you in too deep i don't know it's kind of weird but the fact that this is it was really the the strongest that anybody rancarthan mike vrabel position coaches anybody had ever been about the situation um with skaronski and whether they considered it or not and just the, the basics of why they didn't they didn't want him moving around position to position. He was already having to learn to learn, learn a new position at the guard spot. They didn't want to bump him back out, even though he played left tackle in college. It's a whole thing, but they acknowledged it. So that's good. A couple of general things about Carthon that I think, I think he's a, a legit great talent evaluator. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Like, I really am excited to see what he's going to do with more say in the direction of this team going forward. I, I, I am, I am, team ran just in general i think he's really qualified i like what he's had to say and i think his talent evaluation so far very minimal with the titans and we haven't seen a lot of that talent fully fleshed out over years of playing but so far i've been encouraged by it so that's a good thing i I think he's a really good guy too who's got a human element a human side to him in these press conferences that some diehard reporters i think kind of find a little bit off-putting or like oh give me a break with the sob stories or the personal story i don't know i I think the human element in Pressers is really real and relatable and it's respectable to me, right? The way that he talks about um, how today he, he mentioned how he's, you know, he's got to go home and he's got to answer some tough questions to his family, to his kids who were friends with Vrabel's kids and they liked coach Vrabel. And he had to have some really, really tough conversations with each different um, department in, in the team today who was under Mike Vrabel and folks that may very well not have a job pretty soon, Um, how he's got to explain to them that they're not going to have food on their table. It's always important to have that human element reminder of what this sport is and what this industry is. And he, I think he leans into that a lot. And I, I really do respect the heck out of that. The last thing is, I think he was put in an impossible, impossible, unenviable situation today by his owner. I I think that this was really unfair and she's done this twice now. And I don't think it's cool. I, I think it's really lame. I think it's really weak. Um, <clears throat> he he was forced to go out there. I, I'm not upset at all with the the way that he handled himself in this press conference. Really, I'm not. Um, Amy Adams Strunk had this sit down earlier today that I'm guessing most of you have seen, but if you haven't, um, on the Titan social medias, the, the Titans themselves, voice of the Titans, Mike Keith, and their media production team, they had a pre arranged, uh, pre recorded sit down in interview with Amy Adams Strunk where she answered some questions that her guys that she employed wrote and that she pre-approved so a lot of folks give me a hard time on on social media for calling out that she needs to speak to actual media um that she should speak to actual media for by saying like she answered all the questions no she no she didn't guys no she did she answered questions that were written for her and it's not that I, i i'm gonna be mad if she doesn't speak to me personally i don't care who she speaks to she has made a really dramatic decision here she Not her GM, not anybody else in the organization. She has made this decision to fire Mike Vrabel. She needs to answer some real questions about it. And instead, she sent her GM out there today. She trotted him out there to answer for her decision to fire the coach, just like previously she trotted out her head coach to answer for her decision to fire the GM. This was what Mike Vrabel had to do when they fired John Robinson, and now it's what Rand Carthen is having to do when they fired Mike Vrabel. Neither of the people that had to answer for those decisions were the people that made those decisions. Both of those decisions were Amy Adams Strunk. And you know how many times she's talked to anybody not named Mike Keith about them on the record? None. Zero. Zilt. She doesn't talk to anybody that she's not 100% confident isn't going to give her a question that she's not going to want to answer, that she's going to be uncomfortable about, that she's not seeing coming. That's not, that's not cool. It's weak. It's bad form. It really is. I I don't, a lot of folks saying that she doesn't owe the media anything. You're right. She doesn't owe those of us in the media a thing. You know who she does owe? She owes the, the thousands upon thousands of you fans of her at this moment, seemingly reeling and disjointed and potentially dysfunctional franchise. Who folks uh, who told many folks told me today they called the ticket office and, and, and permanently canceled their season tickets. They're not interested in going to this team's games anymore. They're not interested in financially supporting this team any longer. They're really worried about the team that they love and they're invested financially and emotionally and with their time in. She owes it to those people to answer questions about these dramatic franchise altering decisions she's making. And she simply will not. It's weak, it's bad form. She, and then and, and I'm I to be super clear I do not have a massive problem at all with her taking these you know this opportunity today to to take these softball pre-approved questions that she did from the Titans themselves as a format of speaking on today's decision really don't no issue with that whatever I do have a big problem with if she does not speak to actual media members or anybody that's going to ask her actual questions, the actual, and, and folks said, well, she answered all the questions you need answered. No, she didn't. Do you know how I know? Because I just, a couple of hours ago, sat in a room with Rand Carthen, the guy she trotted out, to answer those actual questions that she didn't answer, and he didn't know because he didn't make the decision. It's really as simple as that. There were There are dozens of questions she needs to answer, and instead she had her GM try to today, and he either had to say he didn't know or say that he's not going to answer that right now because he was told not to. Let's dive into all of that now, but I just, I wanted to point that out. She needs to speak to folks. She looks like, she looks like a potentially bad owner right now. And when she's not speaking to us, it's bad form. Okay. Uh, so those are the good things on ran Carthon That being said, we have some clips from this press conference. Um, there was, there, was no answer, there were some interesting, no answer, non answers. There were some interesting obfuscations from actual answers and there were some interesting statements that he offered up that were kind of contradictory to things he said earlier in the press conference or contradictory to things that Amy Adams Strunk said in her statement. Um, that that's all that's uh, okay. Kenneth in the comments saying she talked with Teresa Walker. Yes. I, I had forgotten. Fair point. A prearranged meeting with Teresa Walker with a AP. She spoke to about the this is a great example she spoke with Teresa Walker about the firing of John Robinson when that happened that was a very sterile controlled situation I've spoken to Teresa about this situation I am not saying Teresa was told what to and not to ask but I am saying it was it was very controlled uh I, I believe Josh says he's coming in late have I been unhinged I did just unglue myself uh it if she did that even that I have some questions about one media member, one sit down with Teresa or or whoever answer. But even that would be enough to, that would be enough to satisfy me in in her attempting to reach out. Does that make sense? JT? Like, I think that that would be the minimum that she could do to be fair.
1: I, I mean, I agree with you. Yeah. It, I mean, it, we're, we're about to get into this with the Rand Carthen, but they're, it, it just really seems to me that Amy Adam Strunk isn't even um, telling her GM right now exactly what, what is going mm. on. And it, like mm. you said, there's a lot of conflicting messages and it's just a bunch of confusion for, for a team that I think um, you can go back to even like I think from the start of firing John Robinson midweek after the Philadelphia Eagles game till now has been just a laundry list of malpractices on her end, on her part, on the Titans part. Um, This, I just personally do not um, think that this was the way to go about any of this. Um, I think every decision has come at a weird time too, which makes me question um, as they say, they have a long-term plan. Mm -hmm. Um, It makes me question if that is really true since these, these kind of decisions come at weird times not on the times where you usually would expect them. Um, So yeah, it's, it's really confusing right now. And hopefully we get more clarification once we kind of get into the head coaching search about this, but we're just going to have to wait and see.
0: And tighten up Tony on YouTube says local, uh, sorry, uh, just kidding. Sorry. That wrong comment. Tighten up on YouTube says, if she is not good with the media, do we want her doing pressers? Jerry Jones 2.0. Fair. Oh, and this is Ben Seaman. What's up, Ben? Um, I, here's the deal. Like, I I appreciate that she's not Jerry. Jerry's crazy. Like, after every game, I, like that's not what that's not what I'm asking for. Really, I'm not. When first of all, as the owner, like you could let your we're going to talk about this in a bit. You could let your GM do the hiring and firing of coaches, which is a thing that happens often. But we'll discuss that. Um, if you're going to do these, hirings and firings yourself and make these massive moves, you need to answer a couple questions just once. Just answer some actual questions that that are being asked. I'm not saying you have to do even a big formal press conference. I'm not saying it has to be regular by any means. Just do a sit down with somebody to ask and answer some real questions. Okay. Um, Let's dive into these clips that we have to share from the the Carthon press conference. Um, Let's start with the idea of trading Vrabel because we've been talking for a long time on this show about if they trade him, what compensation could they get? They should trade him. They shouldn't fire him. They fired him. What does this all mean? We're going to discuss the details of it in a minute, but first let's let Rand Carthon explain their thought process as to what exactly went into deciding to fire Vrabel instead of exploring a trade.
2: Uh, I don't know the nature of his conversations uh, with Miss Amy about you know him being traded. Um, I do understand the question about a trade. It's just not as simple um and cut and dry and you look over the history um, of coaches being traded it's just not a lot in recent times and when you say recent times uh i know sean payton was just traded for but he was out you know and new orleans had a had a coach in place Um, but there's also league mandates and rules that you have to follow you know before you can execute a trade and um, you know you have the partner uh, if you will uh, would have have to go through an exhaustive uh, process and meet the rooney rules and all those qualifications Um, And before we could even start interviewing, we have to have an opening. And so it just prolongs our ability to get the next and best head coach in here.
0: So I've got to put my hand up a little bit, although really all of us do. There are elements to this idea of trading a coach um, that really are not well known until kind of today, at least in this media market. I don't recall anybody uh, big or small talking about these things. Um, Paul Kaharski was the first to like really start to talk about it today around noon. Some things that I think he was fed by the the team, some sources he has their explanation along those same lines of why they didn't do it. But just to elaborate on what Carthun said there, um, the, the part that was too overlooked in the lead up to this is that a trade would have probably set the Titans behind the eight ball a little bit timeline wise on the coaching st- search because there are the way that the rules work there are some stipulations that have to be met they would have had to wait until after the divisional round of the playoffs to deal him apparently um, and then complied with the Rooney rule which means they would have had to have in-person interviews with at least two minority candidates for the job Um and by then the top candidates may very well have been gone you, you know you would have been near or at the end of the line for these top candidates if if Uh, You were just joining the coaching search then that being said, uh, Oh, and there's one more really important element here. This part, I did not know at all until today. And it does change things a little bit. Trading a coach is not like trading a player. trading, their contract is different than trading a player's contract. Apparently the coach has to be an agreement. You can't against a coach's will trade them to another team. They have to, uh, I don't know why exactly. Maybe we'll learn more about this and maybe I'm dumb and I'm just missing it. Um, but, that there are there are things about um uh, okay, and apparently Stillman was talking about trade complexities last week. Okay, well I, I don't frequent Stillman's radio program, if you can't tell. Um I have thoughts on all of that. Here's the here's the basic thought on that if you're gonna if we're gonna bring up Stillman. He's victory lapping today. he was right. Good for him. Um in it I won't dive too deep into this, JT, but you know how we often talk about how with GMs and head coaches and owners, there's there's a way to have bad process and still get good results. Like perhaps if I don't know, Amy Adams Strunk had gotten emotional during the Eagles game last year. And that's what ultimately led her to fire John Robinson in season. I think we've argued on the show before that that is bad process. That is being reactionary um, and firing, you know, firing somebody off of a stupid reason, but it's a good result because he needed to like, he deserved to be fired. He needed to not have that job any longer. So you can back your way into good results without, without having good process that's talked about with owners and GMs and head coaches all the time. It applies to broadcast and journalism too. It really does. And there are some folks who have a throw whatever at the wall, constantly see what sticks. And then an approach of look at how genius I like I too can throw wild hot takes at the wall over and over every single day. I'm eventually going to be right too that that's how it works, but that doesn't necessarily like, I don't like to deal in conspiracies and um, like wild, unrealistic scenarios. That's just the way that I operate. Some others choose not to, and that's successful for them. And I'm glad like I've never once. In fact, I've always said that Jared Stillman's very good at what he does. I just don't respect or appreciate what exactly he does and the way that he does it. So there's that. Um, But congrats on being right. He did. He seemed to have nailed this story and uh, a crazy thing happened and he nailed it. So well done okay um so uh, back to back to what we heard for wait where what where even was i uh, oh trading trading variable yes okay sorry um i i i still think that it was the correct move to try to trade him i really i really do back to what we heard earlier from diana Rossini, where they basically said the reason we didn't trade him is because it sounded too hard and difficult like you needed to try. I really think you, I think you needed to hit the phones and try. I don't know. Like there's more to this. Maybe I'm going to find out in the coming days. There's more to this that made it really impossible, but are, are we sure you couldn't put out there publicly? Hey, Mike Vrabel is available via trade where we can't trade him yet necessarily, but we're, you know, we're fielding offers. We'd like to see who's interested, um, and if if that's the case, then you have that out there and potential head coaching candidates that are looking for the best possible situation for them. Guys that are, you know, highly touted are going to have a lot of options and want the best option for them. Maybe they see that and say, oh, wow, OK, Tennessee's going to have an opening. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to to join with any team to accept a job until I know that I can't get maybe that's the one that they want the most. And, and you know what I mean? Like that, that's not unreasonable to me, but I don't know if there's rules that would have prevented that, but if they could have done that JT, is it crazy for me to say that they should have tried that first?
1: Well, the biggest thing, right. Is that you do, it it really comes down to the Rooney rule and that's where you have to look at it from the Patriots perspective. Sure. They could trade for, for Mike Vrabel. They could know all along that they want Mike Vrabel and want to trade. They still have to wait these two weeks and do two in-person interviews with, with two, uh, outside di- diversity, uh, possible candidates before they could even consider giving that Mike Vrabel. So I, I do get why they really said it wasn't worth our time because I mean, yeah, I, I mean, not to say that Amy Adams shrunk was reactionary, but I mean, you see the, this, uh, this Washington commanders team already putting together a, a hiring group and they are the already sending out, sending interviews. out, Uh, requests. You have the Carolina Panthers starting to move on that and a bunch of these other teams as well. So yeah, I, I I see why that, um, why it it could be enticing for a couple of candidates to wait. It also is a major risk, uh, for the Titans, because if you truly believe that your guy is out there, um, you want to be first to him, just like all these other teams.
0: We can move on to the next clip after I say this last bit of piece on it. Um, it, my my reaction to this is if you're not going to try at all the trade the trade route, um, if you're just going to say that it's not tenable, we, like that sort of signals to me maybe Amy Adams Strunk or the Titans brass or you know whoever has a specific guy or guys in mind and they they think it's super super important for them to get near the front of the line of of head coaching can't you know head coaching searching teams. If that's the case, cool, fine. And maybe that, you know, maybe that means they get their guy and they get the best guy in the market or, or whatever it is. um. But you better, like, you better have a plan to get one of the top guys and not still Because if you do all of this and then at the end of the coaching search, it feels like, or physically, like, literally based on the timeline of who's hired when, you're literally at the bottom of the heap. You're at the end of the line. That's no good, man. Like, that, that, that's not, that doesn't, that doesn't work. And that that's was, that process. was,
1: that was kind of a point, right? Like, let's say that, if you did indeed trade Mike Vrabel, okay, let's say you get a future first and a third round pick this year. Like, let's say that sure. that's what happened, right? Would you be content with having to settle for maybe like your a, third, fourth option, like, right. an, like an art Smith or something like that? Because all, I mean, I, like, it's just like these type of guys that Josh McDaniels left over. Yeah. Josh McDaniels, <laughs> someone like that. Would you Brandon be Staley's out there.
0: Day? Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> for, out there. Come on for,
1: for the picks. Right. Like, you there's a bunch of young, talented, offensive minded guys out there that I think if we can read through the lines here that I think the Titans and, and this this ownership group are wanting to move towards that. And I think the way to do it, you got to just kind of bite the bullet and you have to get there in line with with the commanders and the Panthers and the rest of them.
0: All right, let's jump back to the the top of the press conference with Brand Carthon Before we asked any questions, he gave an introduction, um, a, a basic rundown of what happened, and then he went into his and Vrabel's relationship, acknowledged the rumors over the past couple of months about them and how they operate, and gave a pretty interesting answer. Let's listen.
2: First and foremost, I want to thank everybody for being here uh, this afternoon. Um, you know, obviously with the news uh, this morning, Ms. Amy um, informed Coach Vrabes that he would no longer be the head coach here um, first and foremost, I want to thank Braves for what he's done here the last uh, six years, uh, particularly the time that we've spent together. Um, you know, I want to thank Jen and Carter and Tyler for their sacrifices um, for allowing him to put in the time that he put in here while here is our head coach. Um, I also want to say, you know, I know there's been a lot of speculation over the last you know, two, three months or whatever it's been about the nature of Mike and I's relationship. I will say that Mike and I, we've never had any issue versus whether it's personal or professional. Uh, we worked well together um, and had a good relationship. Uh, we were in lockstep. Uh, so I want to finally in come out and, you know, dispel that. And, uh, you know, I wish Vrabes, you know, nothing but the best. Uh, consider him a friend. And I feel that like we'll be that way moving forward. And so,
0: Interesting. Interesting. In lockstep with Mike Vrabel. Never any issues, Mike Vrabel. They worked well together. Okay, All right, Let's keep that in mind. Let's listen to the next couple of clips. Here's a pair of clips um, of about him talking more about his relationship with Rand Carthon or with uh, Mike Vrabel, how how they worked together and what their kind of their daily routine looked like. Let's listen to uh, these two.
2: Um, like I said back in, uh, in my, I think it was my press conference. Uh, our football foundations are generally the same, in where he cut his teeth and how I was raised. Uh, to see the game of football. Um, you know, realistically, it's only so many ways that you can play the game of football, only so many different schemes. Um, like I said, our, our visions were aligned. You know, we saw it a lot the same and we worked well together. So the decision that we made was unanimous. Uh, Mike and I, we speak every morning, um, whether I come to his office or he comes to my office and we talk about the task at hand for the day. Uh, when we got to the point of, um, of making the move uh, from Ryan, Um, at that time when we made the, the initial switch, Ryan was injured and that was about, you know, now we get to see what Levis can do. Um, and Levis went out and he played he played well. Um, I think had everybody, you know, in this room and our fan base excited about what was to come. And so we decided to make the decision to, you know, move forward and see what that's going to look like in the future, uh, in his development.
0: So they were collaborating, working well together, considered, considered him a friend. Uh, Okay. Keep all those things in mind. One more clip, and then and I have some thoughts on all of these. Uh, one more thing he had to say about Mike Vrabel and about how this year went, uh, went into some detail about some injuries that hindered this team's success.
2: I think that part, you know, it's a, a lot of moving parts, you know, to the game of football. Um, and there's no secret, you know, we've dealt with a lot of injuries here, you know, over the last, you know, three seasons or whatever it is. And, you know, we're having to mix and match pieces, you know, on a week to week basis, Um, And it it makes it hard, it makes it hard for for any organization, you know, to do that. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of work ahead of us of trying to, you know, figure this whole thing out and how we can keep, you know, our key guys out there on the field and keep them available. Um, But it was just one of those things. It wasn't a, uh, we weren't aligned or it, you know, it didn't work. It's, it's, It's really hard when you take the field, you know, I think we took the field Sunday with nine starters out, you know and you know we were able to come away with a victory but if you look over the last couple of weeks look how many starters you know that we've had out due to injuries and it's it's just hard it's hard to win football games in national football league as is with a healthy roster it's just it becomes even harder you know when you don't have you know all your key guys so
0: so that's a lot about how he and Vrabel had a good relationship they were collaborating they were talking to each other in each other's office every morning they didn't ever have any personal interpersonal issues He considers him a friend. Their visions aligned on what this team was going to be, what it should be. And then at the end, that last clip, he he sounded to me like he gave a bunch of reasons why Mike Vrabel shouldn't have been fired. Sounded to me like he's talking about how the injuries really set this team back. And when, you know, when you've got nine starters out in week 17, week 18, it's tough, you know, like a, a bunch of things. And, um, I was talking with with Paul Kaharski and Sam Phelan in the, the media workroom after this, and, and Paul says, oh, man, this guy summed it up perfectly. I go, show me the tweet. And here's the tweet. So shout out to somebody I don't know on Twitter, but really well done summarizing all this. At James R. Brown said, and I couldn't say it better myself, so there were no issues with collaboration or executing a shared vision. Player development was encouraging, and it would have been difficult for any coach to win given all the injuries. So why was why was Mike Vrabel fired? Because that that seems to directly contradict what Amy Adams Strunk said was the reason why she fired Mike Vrabel. Sure as heck sounds like the GM of this team doesn't see a great reason for why Mike Vrabel should be fired. If he does, he sure didn't share it. In fact, he shared a lot of reasons why he probably shouldn't have been fired. Our buddy Mike Herndon on Twitter talking about how Ran Carthon was saying that he and Vrabel were in lockstep. While Amy Adams Strunk's very first line of her statement said, quote, I believe the team's best position for sustained success will be those who empower an aligned and collaborative team across all football functions, end quote. Listing that as a reason why they were firing their head coach. Saying that a team empowering aligned and collaborative team efforts are best for sustaining success in the NFL, implying Mike Vrabel was a roadblock to that. He was a hindrance to that. He was a problem for them trying to reach that shared goal. Yet, Rand Carthen comes out and talks to us about how he and Vrabel were in lockstep. They were buddies. They worked well together. There were a lot of reasons why it would have been difficult for any coach to win in the circumstances. Corey Curtis over at uh, local, local news station, News 2, I believe, Um, was in there, and he tweeted out another, I think, poignant thought. So if it wasn't Carthon's decision to fire Vrabel, because he did come out and say that, by the way, Carthon did not have any say in the decision to fire Mike Vrabel. He was not in the room when Amy Adam Strunk told him that or or talked to Mike Vrabel. He was just told by Amy the decision. It was not not on his accord. It was not with his input. Um, If it wasn't his decision to fire Vrabel, they got along great. The season wasn't a failure, and you can't say what they're looking for in a new head coach why exactly was he the one out here? Again, why was Ran Carthon the one who had to come out here and be the person to field the questions that Amy Adams Strunk begged? She begged all these questions. She's the one that did these things, potentially franchise-altering moves. She's not. She's not speaking out. I mean, again, I'm not saying she won't. Maybe she will, and I'll, I will praise her when she do, when when and if she does it. I'll be happy when and if she does it, and I hope whoever gets to ask her questions asks some of the same questions we had to a- ask of Rand Carthin tonight because they weren't fair of us to ask him because they were questions that should have been asked to the person that made the decision, and Rand was not that person. The person was Amy. Um. Okay, next clip. I asked Rand and this was one of my questions, um, because earlier in the press conference, it caught my ear, an answer to somebody else's question, um asking about why they fired Mike Vrabel. Rand said that ultimately the reason why they did it, it was all about Amy's vision and and wanting to wanting to to best situate themselves as a team, as an organization, as a franchise to meet that vision for for the team, for the for the organization. So I asked him what was it about Mike Vrabel that wasn't compatible with Amy's vision, with y'all's vision. What about Mike? Wasn't going to work for that to happen, and he didn't give much of an answer. Answer: We can we can play the clip, but here's what he had to say:
2: Organization, not the team, the vision for her organization and how she wants things structured uh, for that. Like I said, Miss Amy's uh, she's made her statement um, and she's clarified her reasons, and we're here to support her.
0: And again, I'm not mad. At, he gave the answer he had to give, which was not an answer. Which was, I'm not answering this question. Right? He he, he said what he had to say. By choosing to say, well, it's not about the team's vision, it's about the organization's vision. Okay, rant that okay, fine. The the question still stands. What was it about the organization's vision that Amy has in mind that Mike Vrabel was a hindrance to? Why was he not compatible with the organization or the team's vision? Didn't want to answer that question, naturally. Um, okay, let's listen to the next clip. This next one. Talking about the shared long-term vision. And my buddy Sam Thalen over at A to Z asked this question. Trying to essentially get down to the bottom of, okay, before this past season, were Mike Vrabel and Rand Carthon on the same page about what this team needs to be going forward? Was there a debate between Rand Carthon wanting to kind of tear down fully, get it down to this, like, a, let's ship off some aging pieces that are worth something, get some draft picks, Ryan Tannehill, trade him, Derek Henry, trade him, Kevin Byard, trade him, Janico Autry, go ahead and trade him. Let's, let's get some let's get some draft capital and some young guys up in here and let's do a full rebuild. Um, and then as speculated, Mike Vrabel more along the lines of let's keep those guys, let's add like a you know a D hop kind of kind of a win now as we rebuild strategy, which is what they ultimately went with, which is what ultimately w- won out in that in that uh front office in that organization. And so trying to answer that question, and I found it funny how <laughs> Rand's answer was. Yeah, we we were on the same page about the vision for this roster, vision for this team. Me and Mike Rabel were, uh, and and now when we get a new coach, that vision there might be a significant pivot. It might change dramatically, which I don't think is actually inconsistent. What that tells me is, okay, so Amy took the vision you guys had and has fully shot it down. Has said no, we're do we're going to do this differently. Here's the clip.
2: You always, when you're acquiring specifically younger guys, you know, draft guys and some young free agents, it's a long-term vision. You know, we we talk a lot about it in the draft room of, hey, this guy may not be ready year one, you know, so that's a part of it. Um, And depending on the scheme of the next head coach, things could pivot, you know, drastically, and we could have a a retool of the roster, which is, you know, going to take some work. And so, uh, you know, we'll address that, you know, when we get there.
0: Okay, so the Titans have to hire a new coach now. So this next clip is asking Rankarthans "Who are you going to be the person in charge of the, the search for a head coach? You're the GM of this team. Are you going to be heading up that search? Is it going to be your call?" Here's what Rancarthen had to say:
2: "No, we, you know, um, talked about this earlier. You know, I will be one of the parts of it, um, one of the parts, be, you know, areas in which you know I'll take more of an out front approach." Um, But again, this isn't this is about the head coach. This is about the locker room, but this is about the organization. So it'll be, you know, a few of us in there. Um, I know there are a couple candidates that, you know, I have, um, you know, out there that'll be available. I have relationships with and I want to be able to run an unbiased, um, you know, uh, process. And so that that's going to require more people to be, you know, in the room and a part of the process.
0: OK, um, a couple more clips here before we dive into I, I'm just trying to get these out of the way, set a framework for what we're talking about here and, and what I came away from this press conference thinking with a couple more clips. The other question that I got in because a very busy press room. A lot of questions. I'm, I'm surprised I got two. It, words it was in a, it, wise, a, it was a jungle
1: out there. Everybody it sure was everybody was fighting for it.
0: Well, about ten seconds in, the 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 president of media relations, Robbie Boren, um, was having to tell people, like, guys, we got time. We could like we've got plenty of time. Everybody's gonna get their question in. We don't need to fight over. It. And certain members are <laughs> better about this than others. Uh, okay, but I did get two questions, in, and my second one was he was at, and this is a, another clarification question. Actually, both of these questions. I, I came up with on the fly because I was, I was wanting to hear him clarify on some previous answers he gave. He essentially said, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but in a previous answer, he said that we're going to, you know, we're, what's the, he was being pressed on. What's the actual vision, like define the vision. And he said, we're going to define that vision. W- once we get a head coach, which struck me as okay, you're going to define the vision. So I said, Car- Mr. Mr. Carthon. um, I said, ran just want to clarify is the is the vision going to be set before you do your coaching search and and so allowing it to inform who you hire which i think is good process or is this going to be something where you guys search for a coach get that coach and then you set the vision which i think is backwards and bad process and he answered and essentially said that the vision is already like he clarified the vision's already set we're doing that so that's good good process right vision's already set we're going to have that and let that inform who we hire at coach but bad news we can't tell you the vision because you decide here's the clip
2: vision defined we we have it defined and we've had you know you know I've been on the phone ever since you know the decision was made and it's it's obviously been a lot going on and it's been hectic but the the vision is defined it's just it'll be a time for us to roll that out okay.
0: And then a follow-up question: Why, why exactly can you not tell us the vision now? What's the reason? Here's that clip.
2: It's it's, it's not the time. It's not the time to to share that vision today. Wow. And I, because I think as we go through this process, we need to to make sure that we have the right person aligned with that, and and why we hired that person will fit that vision.
0: Okay, <laughs> that was the weirdest part of the of the whole press conference to me. Um, So here's my general takeaway. And we're going to we are now done with clips. We're going to dive into some some thoughts um, on on what the takeaways here are and what what happened. Uh, The general vibe of the press conference to me, and I think you probably got a good feel for it based on those clips was nothing to see here. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Everything's under control. Don't worry about it. Right. Some things that were kind of contradictory that we just discussed. He was adamant that he and Vrabel were on the same page and shared the same vision. Pay no attention to the statement from Amy Adams Strunk just hours ago saying they fired Vrabel because he was not compatible with their vision. Oh, and that vision, we already have it. But don't ask us to tell you what it is yet. Now's not the time because. (laughs) Weird. Weird. Weird behavior. And, and JT, you and I were talking on the phone on, on my drive back here from that press conference. We were trying to, to figure out what possibly could there be, what, what reasons could there be for them not to tell us the vision now? For like, Because here's the deal. This team, this team is currently as directionless as it may have been. Like, I not ever. That's not fair. It's as directionless as it's been in a long time. And you have opportunities here in this press conference to reassure your fans, reassure the folks that pay your bills, you know, that, that, that consume the entertainment. Guys, don't worry. There's direction here. We've, we've, we've got this under control. And they just didn't for some reason. Here were the three reasons we came up with, JT. And maybe we're I'm, sh- I'm sure we're missing something. Maybe we're missing one. If folks in the comments think that we're missing one, chime in. Here are the three reasons why I think they maybe didn't share the vision. Honestly, this is all I can come up with. Number one, Rand doesn't know actually what the vision is. I don't think this one's true, but it's possible, right? Rand doesn't know, or maybe more possible, he and Amy are on the same page. Like he knows what Amy knows, and they both just aren't. They don't know yet. They aren't sure. Um, which, you know, just then then say that you don't you don't have to lie about go. Don't worry, guys. We've got a vision. If you don't have a vision, I'm not saying that they are lying. I'm just saying that's a possibility. Number two. The plan is to craft the vision around the hire, like I was asking, which is bad process. And they're just, they're lying about it now to ab- appease us. Again, I'm not accusing them of being liars. I'm saying these are all the possibilities that I can possibly think of for why they hide it. The third is, I've actually, I just came up with the fourth that I'm going to add on the fly here. The third is to avoid the criticism of the coaching hire, right? This is a team that has a test and they have a big question on the test right now of who's the new hire. And they're trying to answer that. But they don't want us in the media, us that are fans. They don't want folks on the outside judging them, grading them on their answer to that test question. If 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 they tell us their vision now and then they go and hire a guy that when we look into his background, look into the options, we think collectively as media or as fans. It's a pretty that guy doesn't really fit your vision at all. Like that's a bad, bad job. This this is depressing. We're going to rip you for this. They're just trying to avoid that criticism, which is lame and and bad. I, I get the motivation on their part, but it's lame. The fourth reason, JT, and this, frankly, might be the most realistic option, knowing this Tennessee Titans team and the way that they operate. They see it as some twisted competitive advantage, right? Competitive advantage to keep the kind of team and by proxy, maybe they think the kind of coach that they want more of a secret so that the potential hirees don't have leverage in asking for a bigger contract so that other teams can't poach their favorite guy. Like I, again, that just, it's not logical, but that is the fourth reason why that I I think. So the four reasons that I've come up with, they think it's a competitive advantage, which which I think is objectively dumb. They want to avoid the criticism of the coaching hire just in case it's clear that their coaching hire doesn't actually align super well with their vision. Their plan is actually to craft the vision for this team around their coaching hire which is bad process or for ran or amy don't actually know what, what it is yet and they're just lying about having their vision figured out they're still working on it what do we think what, what do we think is most likely out of these things or are we missing something
1: i uh, for me i think it is the avoid the, the, the comments think it's, it's competitive advantage by the way <laughs> the moment well, i said that it was competitive advantage down the um board. i i think Alex here says, I think you're a little too hung up on the vision vision. Had he answered, it would have just been coach. Speaks. The vision is to bring a Super Bowl to Tennessee, blah, blah. Okay, okay but that's, Do that's it. what I'm like, saying. Say that weird. That's fine. Like and, that and our so buddy makes said that to me on the way out of the room. He,
0: we were talking about the vision. Why won't it's weird that they're. It it is. It is weird that they didn't give an answer. I'm not saying the answer had to be in depth. Nick literally said, and whoever in the comments, just Alex said, All you have to say is our our vision is we want to bring a Super Bowl this. Like, that's our our goal. Our goal, our plan is to bring a Super Bowl. We want to win games. That's the vision. Win football games, whatever that means. Say that. It's super easy. Again, the the Titans created issues for themselves today that didn't have to exist. It may not actually exist, but they made them because they were acting weird about this. This is objectively weird, the way that he handled it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just like you could, I think it would have made the press conference feel just a little better than than it did like give it- your fans some hope they're really upset right now or
0: you know, not may- some of them aren't upset. Some want a very gone, but they they're 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 well
1: yeah. Half the ch- half the chat is super happy that I know I know. There's gone, so. there's a lot
0: of upset fans, and then the fans that aren't upset are you know they want some 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 little morsel of insight into what the future for this team might hold. Give them something that is cheap and easy and free and does not hurt you. Like we want to win games. Our vision is to win a Super Bowl. Our vision is to hire the best coach on the market. Say that. Say it. It's not hard.
1: Yeah, I I would totally agree with that um and on that i i just have a couple points where i want to talk about what Rand kind of said um and the main one that i've kind of been just marinating on today is that it truly feels like this from a amy adams drunk is a total scorched earth uh kind of thing with within it the organization and i think um earlier in the show blast tv brings up a comment that I think I kind of talked to you about that may be what was kind of the final straw for Amy Adams Strunk in this one, in which he said Rabel needed to go because he keeps hiring his buddies as coordinators. And I think that in a way that may, because in that interview that Amy Adams Strunk did with Mike Keith, Keith today, Mike Keith asked him or asked her, okay, what are you looking for in the next coach? And of course she goes blah, blah, blah. But I think the two um, most important things in that one was the main thing they're looking for in a new coach is some fresh new perspective, which sure, that's what you yep. know, it makes no sense to go get a new Mike Vrabel when you already had one at home, right? Like <laughs> we don't, we don't, ha- we don't, we don't need McDonald's. We have McDonald's at home, you know, like that is the sure. saying right there Two, her. And the thing that she wanted to very much emphasize is that, uh, during the hiring process it's going to be very important to see what kind of staff like she said, said it was very important that he brings a staff to this team that can right. work very well and i think that may be the biggest thing in the linchpin and all this is that hmm. amy adams strong maybe thought that because mike vrabel was kind of cultivating this thing where if you're his friend it helps in the in the in getting you a position with this team when you clearly could maybe go find some better talent outside of the organization and maybe try to, you know, instead of getting a Jason Houtling and kind of bringing them in from, from here, go outside the organization here and try and, and get some young talent. And I think that may be the reason why she basically said, we're done with this Vrabel kind of era here. Uh, it clearly is not going to work anymore and it's just going to be the same thing. And so she wants something new. And as she said, the NFL is always changing. And I guess that's kind of the direction she wants to go.
0: Yeah. And and you know what? I think that there's there's a world in which you're right. Um, I don't know if you're right. I'm not even sure if I agree, but here's the deal. Like, I think who they end up hiring eventually may, and, you know, slimy little dude in the comments says Tim Kelly and Todd dining were variable buddies as well as Ackerman. Uh,
1: and that's it, the biggest it, thing he also talked about that when a new coach is hired Rand basically said the coach will be able to interview anyone on this staff it does not mean that anyone on this staff will be back like ineligible right it's it's going to be a totally different coaching staff here on this team and and it might might be one and done for tim kelly it might be the the final end of shane bowen charles london who who Will Levis has been working with. May he might have to have that setback in his young career as he gets a new quarterbacks coach and Charles London maybe moves on like that. So it's going to be very interesting how they go about this.
0: And Joey in the comments says, "I'm wondering if before long we don't hear something came out about how he wouldn't hire or fire the right people, much like Malarkey got fired." It also, like, I'm not going to rule out any of these things. Um, I think that we will get some insight into what happened based on who they hire because if they god forbid if they go and hire somebody like gerard mayo which i actually saw rumored today and if that becomes a thing uh that's like that's next level out of this world please check yourself into an institution levels bonkers if that's if there's any shred of truth to that amy and ran need to change their mind immediately and then scrub the evidence and deny, deny, deny. Um, But like, if that kind of thing happens, they go hire another defensive CEO type head coach. Like you said, a Mike Vrabel at home. Who's just like a You you traded out a guy that you knew was a good coach. That was kind of like, you just, you you basically replaced Mike Vrabel without Mike to get rid of some of the Mike Vrabel issues. Um, That's dumb and bad process and very bad. And that to me might indicate that you're right, that that's really all it was about. Um, I, another thing I came away from this press conference thinking about, and I I think, listen, it's, it's a stronger take than you usually hear from me, but I really do. I, I feel passionately about this. I think it would be wise for the Titans to hire a GM. Uh, my personal recommendation would be the guy who currently has the title of GM, the title. Uh, but apparently he doesn't have all the power of the GM because it's becoming increasingly unavoidably obvious that, Rand Cartham doesn't really have the powers of a lot of normal GMs of your typical general manager. I think that's a real problem. Like, let's go through some of the things. A lot of GMs at least play some part in firing the coaches. Rand says he didn't. A lot of regular GMs lead the search for a new coach. Rand wouldn't commit to being that guy who's going to do that. Very dancing around, like very weird language there. A lot of GMs have final say over their roster. Like, they put together the team. He won't commit to having that power next year. He address that in today's press conference. A lot of GMs know why a coach is fired. Maybe Rand does, but he acted today like he didn't. Like he didn't really, in fact, he listed a lot of reasons why maybe he shouldn't have been. A lot of GMs aren't able to, sh- or are able to share what their vision is for the team, and he w- wasn't or wouldn't. That's that's not a guy that I'm not saying that he's Amy's puppet. I'm just saying there there's a lot of things that he doesn't apparently have the control to do that a lot of GMs do. I think that Amy needs to give him those reins. And I, maybe there's some psycho evaluation, psychoanalysis that goes on here like that. She had that situation with John Robinson and she's burnt by that because he did such a poor job. And now she's scared to really give somebody the reins but you fired Mike Vrabel and you essentially side with your sign side, sided with your GM here, right? Like that's what happened today. If that's not an indicator of, okay, you believe in this guy. What is you should give him the full controls of a GM. Like I'm not saying Amy needs to have no say in some of these things in the hiring process and like all the vision of the team. I'm not saying that I'm just saying that it should be pretty clear who has the final say in a lot of these things. It should be the guy you pay very handsomely to be the general manager is that too much to ask
1: no I I don't think so and I think this was something that I shared with you and also was part of my initial gut reaction that I very much question the way Amy Adams Strunk and her operating group are doing business right now because you can go back to literally this offseason where she wanted she put Rand Carthen and Mike Vrabel in a room and said I'm hands off you guys collaborate and you guys figure this out and then all of a sudden, now she is the one that will be making the head coaching decisions seemingly because Rand does not want uh, or will not say that he has the power over that. It seems like a lot of these decisions will go or will come from Amy Adams Trunk. It is a wild, just like one eighty on um, on where kind of Amy Adams Trunk stands with this team and how she wants to operate, and so it's it's fine if you change your mind like that that is totally fine to do but you you have to you have to stand on your ground at at some point you cannot continue to flip-flop back and forth with these types of things when the the future of your own team is is really in the balance in the hands of this next decision you make
0: and that's a perfect transition to we're going to jump back in time again to our reaction to the mike vrabel firing a couple of comments that i want to address here um Simon, little old dude says ran earned that job. What are y'all capping about? I, I don't, I don't, I don't think we said anything about here. We've repeatedly said he's the guy for the job. I just said, I recommend them hiring him for the GM. Like I, it's, I'm joking saying that he doesn't really have the full GM powers. I think that he should, I think that he should have more power. Um, tighten up Tony saying Amy ain't making the head coaching decision. Y'all chill out. Are you sure about that? She, she had a primary hand. Some would argue the NFL told her to, pushed her to hire Rankarthon. she was a big part of, if not, I mean, listen, Mike Vrabel was not involved in the hiring of Carthon until the final round of interviews. She made the final decision on the GM because she hires the GM. Why do you think that's not going to be the case with the coach? When we asked the GM today, okay, you're going to be the guy making the decision, right? And he said, "Uh, I'm going to be one of them, danced around that, and then consistently, repeatedly said, it's all about the vision that Amy has for this team. Which to me, I don't know how else to read that. Besides, this coaching hire is going to be made primarily based on the vision that Amy has for this team. That's not to say that she's going to have the final say, but it it might like I she's going to have a lot of power. That that's that's all. That, okay, slimy little dude saying it's folks in the comments. Okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I, I think that is fair. Um, so let's dive into the Vrabel reaction and 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 talk a little bit about. The mechanics here and then a little bit about what's next and then we'll get out of here today a couple questions um why wait that was interesting to me and you mentioned it earlier i said we would get to it if there was nothing and and I, I talked with some folks in the media workroom this may be the the take on here that i ultimately like i decide actually i was reaching here so maybe this is a reach but i i did think it today and i i still think there's some validity to it if there was nothing more to this firing than amy Adams strunk being displeased with the football product and the coaching performance. I feel like Vrabel would have been fired yesterday morning with all the other coaches that got fired on, on you know, the, the black Monday of the NFL season. I, I feel like she waited 36 hours, hours for a reason that there's more to this story. Maybe it's as simple as she wanted to sleep on it, but here's the deal. Like, I don't think this was a rash decision. I don't think it was a reactive decision. I don't think she made this decision in the past 36 hours. I think she, she's known for a little bit. She, Surely, right? I, I'm not going to assign this idea that she just decided on a whim to fire him. So if she came into Sunday having already made up her mind or generally made up her mind about this, why why did it take 36 hours to make the call? And if she didn't, does that imply that Sunday had some impact on her decision? And if so, why? Because that was a, a great Mike Vrabel rah-rah rally spot. They won the game. There was nothing about that you know Sunday's on-field football product action that would lead anybody to think, "Oh, this guy needs to go." It's quite the opposite. So the timing is weird to me, JT.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. It, it really just like it caught everyone in in both the the Nashville media pool and nationally. It was a big surprise because usually it you like you know like on the day that it that it, it happens every single year, right? Like. If you know, you know, there, there has to be something that really gave Amy Adam Strunk some pause. But in the end, she still goes with the decision that she herself said that this had been in the works, at least in her mind, for a while. So I'm with you um, that for Amy Adam Strunk, it wasn't a re- reactionary thing, but there seems to be something that truly um, changed in her mind. Yeah,
0: something did, and um, I think that something did. I don't know. Maybe folks in the comments can chime in on maybe that's a little bit of a reach. Let's. I'll move on from that because there, there were some veiled shots that we referenced earlier in this statement that I think are absolutely worth bringing up. This part of the statement that she released midday is the most interesting to me. Quote, as the NFL continues to innovate and evolve, I believe the team's best position for sustained success will be those who empower an aligned and collaborative team effort across all football functions. Last year, we began a shift in our approach to football leadership and made several changes to our personnel to advance that plan. As I continued to assess the state of our team, I arrived at the conclusion that the team would also benefit from the fresh approach and perspective of a new coaching staff. That, to me, not only is a shot at Mike Vrabel, and we talked about this in the, the portion with Rain Carton's press conference, like the, the fact that he wasn't collaborative, apparently wasn't aligned with their vision. This reads to me like the Titans are going on, their leadership, and this is a good thing to me. They're going all in on propelling this team into the modern NFL era. And if nothing else comes from the, the moving on from Mike Vrabel, I, I I thought and still think that he's a very good coach. I think he's gonna be a very good coach wherever he lands. I'm excited to see where he lands and what he does. That being said, it he was kind of stuck in the past on some things, wasn't perfect. There were was, was some elements to him that, you, you were constantly wishing, even when you were a fan of his like I was, you were wishing he'd do differently, would lean into more. I, I'm i hoping that changes, right? I think this is a good thing. Go full cutting edge. Analytics department to the nines. Young, innovative coaching staff. Renovated offensive approach. Do all of it, right? Like, if, if you're going to do it, do it. And it sounds like that's what they want. I think that has to be a big part of their vision that they lay, lay out for us whenever they decide is the time. Um, but that's I think that's a good development in all of this.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And we're going to talk about potential coaching hires. It has to, even though um, in the interview, uh, Amy Adams Strunk with Mike Keith, she kind of shot down the narrative that it's only going to be offensive minded. And that's what they're looking for. She said they're going to cast a wide net, which she does. But if you're going to make this Mike Vrabel, uh, if you're going to make this Mike Vrabel firing, you have to go offensive. And there are plenty of young, talented guys in the NFL who will be looking for head coaching jobs. Um, that I think the Titans should really give a shot because if you want to bring in a defensive minded guy, um, to, to be your football coach, well, you've already had one. So the, the it has to be a full 180 and go offense, offense, offense.
0: I agree. Um, sorry, I just, this is so funny. Albert Breer tweeted, uh, something that we've been talking. I mean, we've got a lot of flack today for, for saying that it was weak of Amy Adams drunk to, to handle this the way that she did. And Albert Breer tweeted the same thing I'm just now seeing. He said, honestly, this is pretty weak. As we mentioned in the Tuesday notes on his Sports Illustrated column, Titans owner Amy Adams Strunk fired Mike Vrabel in a one-on-one we- meeting. It was her decision alone, yet she sends her GM out to meet with the media and only talks with the team website. Sorry. It's like, that's just objectively, that's just true, guys. It is. And that's not local media being, man, we're mad. That-. No, that's the- Albert Breer agrees. I'm sure that most everybody in the media agrees. I think a lot of fans agree. It's weak quit like put your love for this team and I, I get it I, I really I do the inclination as a fan to want to buy all in on Amy and, and her vision here because if you if you admit that what she's doing might be a big disaster then you're admitting that you're, like things are about to get really dark and that's scary I, like genuinely I get it I'm the same way with the teams I root for for sure um but you have to be honest with yourself about this uh, you mentioned this earlier JT um there were some things that Amy. Well, there are some things that Amy has done that, that are really contradicting herself with her actions. When Strunk fired Robinson last year, like that was a clear indication that she thought it was a roster problem. We've talked about that for a year now. You know, and not a coaching problem, obviously. Roster over coaching. What changed, right? You you just, I mean, you alluded to it just a moment ago. The roster has mostly gotten worse since then. It was it a personality thing. Was there an interpersonal thing? Like, because you fired J Rob mid season that clearly telegraphed the personal situation was poor. She believed in the coaching situation. Now you fire Vrabel and presumably give full GM control to your GM for the first time, which uh, I said that earlier. I wrote that earlier. I'm not sure I agree with that anymore, but that clearly telegraphs that she believes the coaching situation was poor. Those, those two ideas don't really coexist.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, I, and it's okay to right, to change your mind. That is something that you can do, but. That has to be the narrative going forward, um, I think. The, the, it cannot go and flip-flop back and forth. Like This is where she needs to stand on it now, that this is the direction she wants to take. And you you only get one shot at your next head coach in this coaching cycle. So it better be a good one and you better make the right choice, I think. like You have to be absolutely sure in your co- coaching hire. Otherwise, you're going to start um, to see this thing over and over again. And that's where you kind of get into that circle where it's hard to get out of.
0: Okay. Um I I think that's I think we can leave it on that, honestly. You want to talk a little bit about what the future for this team might hold? And we're gonna it's just a teaser because we're gonna dive into this for who knows how long the next month or so. Um let's talk a little bit about just general thoughts on what could be next. It, so not to move on too quickly, but I think Amy Adams Strunk and Rancart, then, they need to bring in an innovative, forward thinking coach to guide this team generally speaking i think an offensive coach would be ideal in general there are a few young and exciting defensive candidates to cycle like mike mcdonald that of uh baltimore for example that i'm intrigued by but i I think for the development of will levis for the future proofing of this team a little bit i think an offensive head coach here is the move and also again if you don't go offensive you go ceo defensive type and you just get you replace variable with another like I have a hard time justifying that move in general. Right. I think it has to be an offensive guy.
1: Yeah, I I think so. Personally, my it's kind of what I said earlier on Twitter. I said currently for me, and this is obviously going to change, but it's Bobby Slowick for me. It's maybe Ben Johnson or or bust. Like I, I think those are the two guys with, with this young Will Levis team with Ty J spear with some really key young guys who we've seen um, when put in the right scheme, they really can succeed. Like a guy like Bobby Sloak, I think is a home run for me. And that's currently the guy that I I think would be the best uh, candidate for this team. Um, but we'll have to see.
0: Just sending off a real quick text. That's very important. Sorry.
1: No, you're good. Um, um, I, I would say, like, like you said, Mike McDonald, he also is a... a very intriguing candidate. Todd Munkin also is an intriguing candidate, um, as well, but yeah, I mean, if you, they have, they have to take a guy who is going to think outside the box and not fall into this, defensive side, um, kind of leader of men type that Mike Rabel was like, it has to be an entire shift.
0: Okay. Um, thank you for buying me some time there. Yes, it has to be an entire shift. And when you look at the, the six current NFL head coaching openings. I think this is good news for the Titans. Really, I do. Here are the teams that currently need a coach, assuming interim coaches don't get uh, picked up. Panthers, Raiders, Chargers, Falcons, Commanders, Titans. On paper, I think objectively, Tennessee is immediately near the top of that list in terms of attractive landing spots. I really do. Because just uh, and Amy Adams-Drunk laid out the, the gist of this in her statement. I draft picks. Ton of money to spend. A new forward-thinking GM who you're going to be aligned with. Young, talented quarterback, some talented pieces from last year's draft. A lot of these teams have issues, but I I think that the Titans are near the top of the like the teams that come to mind immediately for me. The Panthers are a mess. No way the Panthers is a better spot. You want to work for that owner, really? Dave Tepper? The Raiders. Also kind of like who's their quarterback. They got I do think going. Antonio Pierce should get that job. I, I I agree. I think that I think that he's the best option for them. The Chargers, a lot of Jim Harbaugh uh interest. So that, you know, or John Harbaugh, sorry, John Harbaugh interest. Wait, no, Jim. No, Jim. Oh, it is Jim. Jim. that <laughs> Dad Gummit. I was thinking myself, guess myself. Jim Harbaugh interest. Um, the, the Chargers are a fair one because the you know, the uh, intrigue as a coach of coaching Justin Herbert, that clears for sure a hundred percent. They, I think, a lot of non-Chargers fans maybe don't realize this. Look into their financials.
1: Yeah, it's tighten up. Tony says they have no cap.
0: They have less than no cap. It's sneaky a disaster their financial situation. They're like their immediate fixes to fix their cap situation, of which they're many, many millions of dollars over the cap projected right now. They're going to have to like there's some contracts of for very old aging players that you could extend that they're not going to want to do. They've got a couple of guys that are about to need money it's kind of a mess. So from a future asset situation, kind of a gross spot, but that's up there with the Titans Falcons, man, like, I think that's, to, the,
1: I, I think that's the sneaky, most attractive one. I think if for you me. think
0: of a way of getting a quarterback in there, yep, I'm with you. I think it's up there. Commanders are definitely up there. Cause you've got some real talent on that offense. Defense needs some help, but you've got a really high draft pick. Number two, new right? Ownership. Two, yep. New, new ownership, big market. Um, chance to, you know, chance to go get Drake may or, or Caleb Williams and get your quarterback like that. I would say commanders clears all, I think commanders is the best landing spot for me right now, if I had to guess, but I think the top tiers commanders, I think third tier, depending on who you are and what you want, it's Titans, Falcons, chargers, all kind of right there. And you can make arguments for any of those three being the number two best spot. That's a good position for the Titans to be in. Really. It is. Um, and we, we know that Amy Adams Strunk apparent reportedly we don't know this. We think this based on reports, she's willing to give out big boy, top of the market NFL contracts. If she's willing to do that again here, that's, that's something that's going to be really attractive to guys, zero state income tax and tax, like all of these things they apply. And I think that that's something that's, that's worth, um, that's worth looking into worth talking about. Yep. I agree. A couple of closing thoughts for us here before we're done, just, I want to wrap all this up with a bow, the hardest hit in all of this. That's it's easy to neglect, but it's important to remember it's Titans, young quarterback, will Levis. He needs continuity bad. And we talked about this a lot coming into this potential decision. It happens. And now there's a chance that some of his coaches stick around, but they're at risk of changing now too a very high risk. If they go find a great offensive head coach who can put him in positions to succeed like that can change really quickly. But in general, it's a very bad idea to constantly change the people around a young quarterback. And some folks are so—he's oh, a rookie. This is his first change. This we are now confirming unless somehow Tim Kelly sticks around and all his coaches stick around and they stick with the same offense, which I don't really, really doubt they're going to do. Uh, this is going to be his fourth consecutive year of changing offensive coordinators and changing offenses. That is the that's not a way. It's the way to stunt the growth of young quarterback. It's really, really bad. Historically, Now Levis is a baller. He's he, the past three times. He's overcome it. And, he, and he's he's been fine but fine is, is not eventually fine's not any good. And eventually fine starts to get in your head. And eventually the expectations rise as you like you're in the NFL longer. And if you can't develop from a fundamental standpoint, if in the offseason you're so focused on learning new guys and learning how to compete in a new offense and learning terminology, like all of these things and, and you can't focus on the fundamentals can't focus on developing from a mechanic standpoint, developing with your teammates and a relationship standpoint, like, that starts to wear on, on a quarterback's ability to succeed. It starts to lower their ceiling, and that's really, really bad. Um, so that that's a big deal, and I feel for him in this situation, hopefully he can overcome this. Finding a, a good head coach is hard, JT. It's really, really hard, and, and also lost in all of this is the fact that the Titans now... Have to play the lottery, the coaching lottery. They got to go find, find a guy that's better, as good or better than Mike Vrabel for this to be a success, which is a really high bar to clear, in my opinion. In the NFL, fish, this is, I think this is the perfect analogy for it. In the NFL, finding a head coach is fishing in a really small pond. Ton of small fry out there. Guppies, you got to release them by law, got to throw them back. The Titans, they chose to throw away a keeper today. They had a keeper in the boat for the past six years. They decided to toss it back. Dangerous move, in my opinion. There are always bigger, better keepers out there amongst countless minnows. So happy fishing is what I have to say to the Titans on that one. And then here's the crazy thing. And talking to you and some of our friends about this move, talking about like, are the Titans of the poverty of the AFC now? Like what's, what's going to happen? Are are they doomed now? Eh, I Here's the crazy thing about them in this situation. And if you're looking for a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel here, here it is. In six weeks from now, the Titans could have, Ben Johnson or some, you know, some, the, 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 the Shane Steichen of the year where it's like the, the offensive wonderkin who comes in and blows everybody's mind. And you can't, you, you can't talk enough good things about the things that they're doing for your young quarterback and for your offense and the innovation and the excitement that can all happen. And they have that guy in the house and suddenly they're rocking and rolling with a very modern, very forward thinking head coach GM tandem. They got a metric ton of money, high draft picks. Everything looks sick and exciting again. It can really change in an instant that quickly. But right now, things feel horrendous because they've handled what could ultimately be a good and necessary change. This can ultimately be a good and necessary change. They've handled it so poorly today. How does that inspire any confidence in them not messing it up? Because the bottom line is this: this off-season, as Amy said herself in her statement, is her legacy moment, is the biggest offseason in Titans, maybe modern history. They have to, have to, have to get the coaching search right. They got to get the guy. If they fail, if she fails, the city and the fan base are going to turn on her potentially for good. And so far after today, I'm I'm pretty concerned. So that's my two cents on the situation. We're now officially 90 minutes into this. Finn, any, any thoughts from you, JT, before no, we're done?
1: I think, I think that... Perfectly sums up our our descent into madness today and what, uh, how today has felt. So,
0: all right, well, thank you so much to everybody that tuned in with us, had a huge audience this evening. Really, really appreciate you guys joining us live. Um, if, if you know of a buddy that might appreciate this show in post, send them the link, hit like, hit retweet, hit subscribe before you leave. Very helpful to us. If you subscribe to the Broadway Sports Media YouTube page, trying to get that number up as much as possible, it is free to you. It's very helpful to us, and it'll help you see our content in the future. Again, we're going to answer a lot of questions that you have about this situation or try to answer them on Thursday. We're going to discuss all of your thoughts on this on Thursday, live from Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House, our wonderful and amazing sponsors. If you want to come ask them in question, you could get a free gift card and eat and drink on us and on Boomba's. I don't know how hard that is to sell free food, free drink. You get to talk ball with us and watch sports. Like it's going to be a good time. We're a good hang. I promise. So come and hang out with us. We'd love to see you. Um, until then JT, I'm going to go do something other than pay attention to football for the first time all day and just relax and, and grab a bite to eat and, and, and go to sleep. Um, until Thursday for producer JT, I'm your host Easton freeze. This has been the hot read podcast. We'll talk to you on Thursday.